Yeah. Welcome to another episode of the Peak Potential Success Show. My name is Fong Chua. I'm an entrepreneur, business strategist, real estate investor, speaker, and also best-selling author. And every single day, I help others unlock potentials and guide them to succeed. Today on the show, I have another amazing guest. I've had the, uh, the honor, the privilege of working with this person for a few months, and it was an absolute blast because she has great mindset, always thinking about adding value, and very, very hardworking, very, very dedicated, somebody I love working with and is an expert in her field. Uh, She's had over 25 years experience in the leadership realm, in corporate banking, when it comes to security, risks, and controls. She's she's an expert on all that, and she's also into technology management responsibilities as well. Uh, she loves helping companies use IT as an enabler to stay competitive. But what she's also very, very good at is helping you kind of avoid all the cybersecurity stuff or avoid all those criminals because that's something I didn't know much about and she's absolutely taught me a lot about that stuff. In fact, she is the best-selling author of the book, The Art of Cyber Resilience, uh, Into the Mind of Cyber Criminals. So please welcome speaker, educator, expert in cybersecurity, Ms. Amelia Cheng. Thank you. Thank you, Wong. Uh, hey, thank you very much for being here. And you're all the way from Singapore. So how are you? I'm good. I'm good. In fact, I'm very glad to be here in Singapore. Weather is fine and uh, life is very much a breeze here. So we are very fortunate. That is absolutely amazing. And uh, thank you for taking time for being here with us. I know our time differences are sometimes a challenge, but we're here together right now. And I'm very, very pleased and very, very excited to be speaking with you. Now, for people who don't really know you, uh, you have a lot of experience in what you do. How did you get to where you are today? Just a little bit of a close note of your history. Well, actually for me, coming to this part of the journey wasn't something that I planned to have. But I know for sure that being uh, a passionate uh, in training, it was something that I know all along that I'm going to embark into. So having spent more than two decades of my life in a corporate world, uh, been exposed to many leadership uh, experiences, right from risk to uh, IT technology management and all the way to uh, um, the cyber incidents uh, handling, IT incident handling. Uh, I thought it was quite a natural progression for me to be able to contribute back. And yeah, that's why I am in this journey now. Really, it's about paying forward, sharing what I know, uh, lifelong learner, continue to look at things that are happening, evolving, digest it, and see how I can give value back to this uh, journey. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of people out there who really don't know a lot about technology, even though we're in the technology world right now. But there's a lot of things about technology that people don't understand. And for somebody who's been in the corporate world for so long, what about cybersecurity and IT and all that kind of stuff, the, all that technical stuff that drew your attention to go, you know what, I want to do, do more about this stuff. Yeah, okay, the, the purpose of having technology is really to improve the efficiency, the productivity, the customer experience, so that people enjoy the uh, lifestyle without having to pass over, having to do things manually and uh, to be able to do things that is hassle-free. But all this come along without having to be uh, worried that you cannot lose sleep. But in reality, with technology comes also the risk along with it. And even more so as we move into the digital space, 
where controls are so no longer within our umbrella. We are now getting into the space of unknown, which is the internet. We are dealing with things that are digital in, in shapes and size, which means that you know when things happen, it happens very fast. So having got to uh, be able to embrace digitalization, at the same time having to watch over how you should be handling the, uh, <clears throat> the risk management of what you are exposed to, uh, getting increasingly important. And many people out there are still trying to, you know, strike a balance between these two. And I think it's a time for us to really focus on that. Mm -hmm. You've worked with a lot of different companies, a lot of different individuals as well. You also do a lot of uh, educationals, you do courses and you do training programs. What are some of the most common things that people don't realize about cybersecurity? Well, one of the key terms I, I always tell people is, you do not know what you do not know until you know what you do not know. <laughs> and it's only when they begin to know what they do not know, they have this wow factor. Wow, it is such a, 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 a threat out there. I don't even know. And that to me is a breakthrough for me because unless you know what you do not know, you will still be living in a cocoon. And that is what I want to unearth for people. Mm -hmm. Now, that kind of leads me to the next question is to uh, why you decided to, to write this book. First of all, congratulations on your best-selling status on this book. Uh, an amazing book, lots of great uh, tips and lots of great case studies in this book that illustrates the importance of cybersecurity and uh, cyber resilience. What were some of the reasons why you were so determined to get this book out? To me, as an individual, um, I have been the training provider for corporation. And uh, I thought that the needs for cybersecurity, uh, or even more importantly, cyber resiliency is really lacking in the general public level. And many a times people lack the knowledge because they are not aware of the risk. And I thought it is the right time for me to contribute to help this spectrum of the community. And that was why I decided to embark on this journey. Now, it wasn't an easy journey. Unlike uh, uh, I thought originally it was supposed to be a breeze, but it was a, a three months project that I aimed to achieve turned out to be a nine months project. It was like going through the pregnancy, mm -hmm. but it's worth the pain. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, share with us more about that, that process. Uh, I know a lot of people out there would like to get a book out. Um, what were some of the, the, the things that you thought was going to happen that did not go your way and some of the things that you did not expect to happen that actually went your way? Yeah, so when I first started, as I said, because I'm already doing training for cooperation in this space. So as I started writing, I also started giving this uh, script to my contacts to take a look and to give their comments and all that. And I begin to realize that many of the concepts that are articulated and assumed that was simple was actually not so. So I have to go back to the drawing board to really rethink the language, the writing style, rewriting and revising to be plain and simple to understand. And also along the way, I thought that, you know, it was um, just purely writing but it turns out it was just more than that. I have to write and rewrite 
I have to get edit and re-edit. I have to get the book cover design and redesign. And I have to add stuff which I thought was not important, such as the glossary of terms and the, uh, the indexes. It turns out it was an essential portion that I have to add to the book. And that was something I didn't plan and do not even have the knowledge about. So I have to research into it, I have to spend time to it, and that means additional time, additional effort. Mm -hmm. So it was an exciting, but it was a real discovery journey for me. <laughs> well, in the, in the end, the book looks amazing, and the content in this book has been uh, very, very fulfilling because there's a lot of stuff that people can learn from this book and apply it to their companies and their businesses. Um, now, when it comes to working with different companies, uh, I know that cybersecurity may not be on their top of the list of items to budget for. And therefore, what do you tell companies and businesses that, you know what, you do have to budget for this? In fact, this is the percentage of what you should budget for, let's say, cybersecurity. You know what? I think the, the best way to help people or company to set up is to demonstrate and to show the real happening on the ground. And all of a sudden, they begin to realize whatever wealth of revenues, market share, customer wallet that they have uh, uh, achieved and, and uh, accomplished could just vanish it, could just vanish overnight with just one cyber incident, one ransomware attack, or for that matter, one malware infection that you know infected the whole corporate network and it crippled the operation. And only when you share with them the live cases, it become very important, it become very uh, awakening for them to realize, yeah, it is no longer a cost. It is really a investment mm -hmm. to be able to continue in their journey and to be able to be competitive and yet stay relevant. And that is how I find that by sharing it from that perspective, people are more welcoming to embrace the importance of cybersecurity and even more importantly, at the rate the cyber incidents are happening to even spend budget on cyber resiliency. Mm -hmm. What would you say are some of the most, uh, like, because you've done a lot of, uh, what do you call it, uh, case studies, you've also worked with a lot of clients. What would you say is one of the most exciting or one of the most mind-blowing cases that you've ever worked on? You know, human vulnerabilities is something that people always thought that I'm quite okay. And it is when you highlight instances that are happening in the real world, how a simple action out of either ignorant, callous, or, or, or mindset issue, or even for that matter, you know, uh, a lack of awareness could just uh, turn your whole organization upside down overnight. Mm -hmm. And that kind of uh, uh, realization really is something that I felt most organizations begin to pay a lot of attention. And increasingly, I'm also focusing a lot on how they should safeguard against human vulnerabilities. And the reason is very simple. We can have technical solution against all the different kinds of hardware, software, network, etc. But you cannot use a technical solution on human beings. Mm -hmm. So the only way you can actually 
make human be a good uh, player in this cyber in, uh, security space is to cultivate into them as though become of cyber security like as though it's a DNA in them. <clears throat> and that is something that uh, I'm continue to embark on <clears throat> and I hope to expand this emphasis going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, now, lots of people out there are, are thinking about it, are thinking about, well, what can I actually do? So for somebody like yourself, what would you suggest are some of the most easiest things that people can do right now that would boost up their cybersecurity? So the first thing I always tell in my training is that every morning I will spend about half an hour flipping through newspaper. And for every incident that are being reported, I will take a step back and do some self-reflection. And I try to apply whatever learning I have and do a self-analysis and say, where am I? Am I at risk? And make a conscious effort to really take actions to overcome it. If it's already happening out there, it can happen to you. And that is really the kind of almost like a, 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 a daily ritual that I built within me. And in every training, I try to build the same thing in the participants. Uh, more importantly is when I use live cases, I try to make them start using that to discuss among themselves. And I find it very, very effective. And it's only when you become your DNA, it's almost like every morning you wake up, you got to brush your teeth. So <laughs> it's almost as good as that. <laughs> wow. So most people will wake up, have breakfast, do some exercise and you're here looking at case studies. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's why you're the expert in this field, right? Um, yeah. there's, a, there's been a lot of cases and this has happened to me as well, where I noticed, let's say, lots of profiles on social media and they may or may not be real. Or mm. people are stealing other people's pictures or other people's identities to post different uh, profiles as well. How, mm. do we, how do we avoid that situation or how do we prevent ourselves from having somebody else take our identities and go out there and post something? So the thing that I always remind people is that adopt what I call the zero trust principle. Now, what do I mean by zero trust principle? When something is sent to you, when something is shared with you, or when someone communicates something with you, do not just take it at the base value. Apply multi-channel authentication and verification. If you're on the phone and a message come in and telling you that it's coming from a loved one's of you to do something, go and use a landline and try and reach out to the person. Do not just rely on the single source of channel as gospel truth. So over time, we need to cultivate this habit of establishing, reconfirming, re-verifying. And that is the kind of uh, habit that we have to do. Now, the other thing is I always tell people, don't share more than what you need to share on the social media platform. Because out there, the technologies are getting so powerful and more importantly, so cheap even to acquire the, the, the technology. Which means to say the more high profile you profile, uh, you project yourself in the social media platform, the better it is for the cyber criminal to harvest the profile of you to impersonate you, to be acting on your behalf to scam others. So minimize your presence if you can, 
but if you need to adopt the zero trust principle so that whatever comes to you don't take it at face value. Mm -hmm. Very, very good tips to have and definitely something I would uh, think about applying very, very quickly here because uh, you never know who's going to take your stuff and you never know who you might encounter who may not actually be real. So uh, it's very, very important things to, to consider. Um, I know you're, you're a person that surrounds yourself with a lot of different types of individuals. You're always learning. You're always uh, trying to find out more things to learn, to, to grow yourself into. Um, what are some of the most important tips that you've gotten as an entrepreneur uh, by a coach or a mentor? Be authentic, be hungry, and be inquisitive. And uh, always think about value when you are dealing with your customer, mm -hmm. when you are providing service to your customer. Uh, do things onto others that you want others to do onto you. And that has served me very well because being able to show my authenticity and my uh, sincerity in wanting to give the best, the value to my customer, I don't have to do too much uh, marketing because the trust factor is built, relationship is being uh, established, and it makes it a very easy journey for me. And uh, when I cannot do, I will give suggestion and I will probably also recommend where they can go from there. And I think we are in this world where you can't live as a, a, a person in an island. You, mm -hmm. you need the whole community of uh, help and support uh, system. Right. Now, when it comes to entrepreneurship, uh, there's lots of challenges as well. And especially when you're, you're trying different things, you're trying to uh, get more customers, get more leads, yet also protect yourself from uh, cybersecurity and all that kind of stuff. There's lots of challenges out there. So when you're faced with a challenge or something that's a little bit fearful, what goes through your head so that you can overcome those? I emphasize a lot on quality and not quantity. Mm -hmm. So there are times where you uh, outsource certain things to people and it didn't turn out the way you want. Yeah. So the natural reaction that you will probably be uh, uh, adopting is to pull back and stop outsourcing. But for me, I become very conscious about the effort I spend in sourcing and confirming rather than just go out there and pick up anybody that I need to use for my uh, services as an extended arm. Okay? Uh, on the other hand, I also continue to explore the use of uh, digitalization and automation, but of course, very mindful of the cyber threat and, uh, and the risk that I'm getting myself into. So while I explore good uh, tools to help me in my journey, I don't lose sight on the security requirement part of it. So that has really worked out very well. Uh, and this day, because of so much data breaches that are happening, confidential information get compromised and all that. If I do collect any information, I always, I'm always very mindful of not doing more than what is necessary. And this is something that many organizations have not really paid too much attention on that especially when they are onboarding new customer, uh, uh, publicize about their products, going out to customer for emails and all that. Uh, 
along the way, sometimes they lose sight of the importance of confidential information. Yeah. And uh, before they know it, you know, they get uh, into the news. Uh, worse still, when you have uh, suppliers whom you interface with, because they are weaker in their security posture, they can become the trigger point for the incident that is impacting your customer confidential information, but outside your control. So I do pay a lot of attention to all this. Uh, be quality conscious, be security conscious. Don't just rush into it and get things done the right way. Something else you mentioned before was uh, staying hungry when you're, when you're an entrepreneur. What keeps you hungry? What keeps you motivated every single day? I guess it's because uh, in my younger days, learning was a luxury. And um, trying to acquire the, the learning and the knowledge I see become a differentiating factor for the success. And that has kind of ingrained into me that I become very inquisitive. I'm always hungry to learn because I feel that by having that acquired knowledge and experience, you can become even more valuable and more marketable. And uh, the, the ability to offer even uh, more values and uh, uh, give uh, the customer the, the edge that you want to give them increases. So I think staying hungry and be a lifelong learner is something we all need to have in order for you to you know, continue this uh, entrepreneurial journey that is relevant and you know, cutting edge from the point of the customer. Because like you know, at the end of the day, the customer will only give you service if they see value that you create. Mm -hmm. And that is something I'm very mindful of. Very, very well said. Um, let's say if I put you on the world stage, and ne the next couple of minutes here, you get to say one message for the entire world to remember Amelia for. What would that one message be? Well, um, my uh, message would be, nothing in life is impossible. Uh, it, it, it is about you, all right? Everything is possible as long as you're willing to go that extra mile. Awesome. Well, those are wonderful words to live by. Uh, that concludes the formal portion of our, our interview here. I got five quick questions for you. Just give me the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. If I was to put you on a stranded, you're stranded on a desert island and you get to eat one food for the rest of your life with no consequence, what would that one food be? Water. Water? <laughs> yeah. I think if you have water, since 70% of our body is uh, made out of water, I think you can survive. Uh, um, Hollywood calls or a big movie person calls and go, you know what, Amelia, you have an amazing life. I would like to do a, a movie about you. Who would you get to play you in the movie? Wow. <laughs> Never thought about that, though. <laughs> um, I know you're from Singapore, so it might be a, an actress that we don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I would think it's more of the uh, public figure in Singapore. Mm -hmm. uh, being a Singaporean, I'm always very grateful that we have excellent government that, you know, really, uh, despite the fact that we are a small little red dog, we are still able to strive very well. And that 
cannot happen without a government that is well run, efficient, giving up their 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 personal life for the for the nation. So every prime minister that we have, right from the earlier day of Lee Kuan Yew, right, I I must uh, say that I salute them because they give up so much for the sake of the nation. And we've come so far, despite the fact that we have no natural resources. And even as I look at, you know, along the way when they hit the roadblock, hiccups and all that, they were very forefront about admitting it and, and correcting it. So to me, it's not about just one person, but it's really about having a, a very uh, caring government that has the mind of the nation in mind is really crucial. And I really appreciate that. Mm. So you will pick one of those public figures to play you in the movie. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> of course, Lee Kuan Yew been one of my favorite uh, public figure that I always uh, uh, admire and uh, appreciate how he sacrificed for Singapore. Mm -hmm. It's excellent figure. So all the let's say, imagine some of the most uh, biggest public figures that you admire shows up at your door. Okay. They want to get to know you, find out more about what you do, uh, learn more from you, but they're hungry. So mm -hmm. is there a special dish or what kind of dinner would you provide them? Wow, what kind of dish? Okay. <laughs> um, actually, I love curry fish. Nice. Okay. And um, I have learned to uh, improve on the recipe of curry fish head. Uh -huh. And simply because I find that curry fish head is spicy and yet it's made up of so many different kinds of spices such that when it's blend correctly, it really uh, enhance the, uh, the whole taste of the fish itself. And because it's spicy, it also stimulates your brain actually. <laughs> and it become a very, um, interesting uh, uh, reference point mm -hmm. for uh, talking about anything and everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're, you get to win the gold medal in the Olympics. What sport would that be? Sorry? If you got to win the gold medal in the Olympics, mm. which sport would that be? Which what? Which sport? What event? Uh... Squash. Squash. Very interesting. And my last question is, what is success like? But before that, give me a number between one and four. Mm. One, of course. Number one. So if you were to relate success to a yearbook, how is success like a yearbook? Wow. Yearbook, huh? Hmm. To a particular yearbook? How is success similar to a yearbook? When people are able to resonate and people are able to uh, conquer, that is speak to their heart. And at the same time, uh, it create the awakening in them such that it will trigger them to get out of their comfort zone, to do things that they never thought that they could do. And I hope 
that will be the kind of outcome. Awesome. Very well done. Um, that is it for our interview for today. Uh, are there any last words from you? And also, how do people reach out to you uh, to know more about what you do or to pick up a copy of your book? Well, they can reach out to me through my LinkedIn profile, Amelia Ching. And also, you know, if they want to reach out to me, you know, they can always write to me, uh, Amelia Ching at Asia, A-G-I-L-E-N-L-I-T-E dot com. Agilelight.com. And I, I, I must say that, you know, uh, Fong, you have been a real instrumental uh, factor for me to embark on this book writing journey and reach the destination of getting the book published. Like I said, on my own, I would probably be, you know, thinking about it, but not really fully getting myself uh, engaged into it because it was just too many learning uh, uh, path along the way. And it, your guidance has make it very smooth for me. And I think that is something I really appreciate and thank you. Well, awesome. Very, very much appreciate for that. And I'm, I'm very, very happy to be a, a small part of that journey with you. And it was a blast. It was a lot of fun. And I'm very, very happy and proud to see you uh, with that book out. And also congratulations with all the success that you've gotten. Uh, for everybody else, remember to uh, connect with Amelia, uh, pick up her book on Amazon. And for everybody else, my name is Fong. She is Amelia. Until next time, today is day to walk your peak potential. I'll see you later. Thank you.